Eddie doesn't mess around. It's 10 o'clock. It's time to go. What the fuck? What the fuck? 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 The Caught up with uh, a good friend of ours uh, from San Jose. Uh, joining us this week is County Consultant, CEO, and founder of Zulumi, the legendary Diane Lucas. Legendary. Hello, all the way from cold Melbourne, Australia. All the way from the future, as we always say, whenever we have an Australian guest, and we're guest, and we're uh, thankful to have you coming in from the other side of the world. It's, it's amazing the way we can have this. Well, it's, it's actually FNL. It doesn't quite work. It's Saturday afternoon live, you know? I was yeah. going to say, it's, yeah, good, good morning. It's just switched over midday. So you can see why the clock in the background. So <laughs> no, no, no alcohol in this one yet. <laughs> yeah. It, what, did you have any, any last night? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for, hey, it was for Friday night here. Yeah. So thanks for getting up early then. Oh no, that was, that wasn't early at all. I think I'm still in bed at ten o'clock this morning. Going, I suppose I should get out of bed. Uh, oh. Well, it is Saturday, right? Anyway, right, exactly. It's supposed to be yeah. a day of rest and and relaxation, and and you know if you happen to have a few beverages along the way, there's nothing wrong with that. No, uh, um, that's that's pretty common. <laughs> So it's been a couple of years, Diane. We didn't get to to see you in in 2019 because the Australian contingent didn't come up. Um, I look back to a couple of years ago where you and me and Andrew and Lilat had the best seats in the house for pretty much the whole conference. That front row, didn't we? Wasn't that something else? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was um, I was talking about um, you know the great events, you know, Oprah with what was that in 2016 or 15 or whatever it was, and all the the key you know key speakers that have been um, on those events and you know, opportunities to actually talk to these people. That yeah, it's quite amazing. But I mean, do you know, you know, know Brad Smith. And, and I was going to say, do you know how that conversation started actually this morning? So as I said, we're lying in bed this morning, and and Peter goes. <clears throat> on, on um on his Facebook feed, um, ten year anniversary from when he kissed Liz Hurley. Liz you know Liz Hurley. Oh, Elizabeth yeah, Hurley. That's yeah. a good anniversary to have. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, okay, well, you got to tell me more now. Yeah, and, I was um, gonna say, like, <laughs> of all people, Liz Hurley. That yeah, Liz yeah, Hurley. Like, Hugh Grant was with Liz Hurley, right? No, it, it was Shane Warne at the time. Okay. Yeah, so the cricketer, Australian cricketer. But uh, yeah, so it was a, a football function and, and he was there and Shane Warne did some sort of speech or whatever and, and he had Liz with him and, and Peter pushed his way up to the front and shook Shane's hand and gave Liz, Liz Hurley a kiss. So he's, he's still trying that. to do that now in the day of COVID and all the different yeah, well, social norms. That. So, pretty so then scandalous. it became the conversation of, you know, who, who, who famous have you met and or kissed? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, who's the most famous person you've kissed? Oh, uh, I don't know. Jeez, I, don't, I haven't kissed many famous people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get famous people going, hey, get, lay one on me. 
Uh, it's probably uh, is probably some uh, QuickBooks personality. Um, yeah, exactly. Maybe Clayton. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can say I have kissed Clayton. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we're, we're not even going to touch that one. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget that infamous night in San Jose where you guys were in the future, so you're wide awake and restless. And somehow you, me, Clayton, and Andrew ended up in the lobby of the Fairmont Hotel at what, 3.30 or in the morning with, with beer that got delivered by uh, into it in the satchel. The guy came out of the <laughs> elevator with beers. Like, was that not surreal or what? It, it was. And, um, and poor Clayton got in trouble because uh, the clock like now was in the background. And, <laughs> and he, I and remember I that. His <laughs> wife was none too happy. <laughs> What time is and, it uh, there? Like next, yeah, next time, if you're going to take a photo, make sure there's no clock in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit. I mean, I think we were tweeting at 5.30 in the morning or something. Yeah. Before. yeah. Andrew Maybe. and I had to, oh, had to take off. On your phone at that time of night. <laughs> well, but you know. I, just, I don't do that stuff anymore. I haven't been on Twitter in, in gosh, over 12 months. I just, I just don't do that. I, I with yeah. everything that happened last year and, and just everything i just yeah social media i just it's well, i'm not sh sure if, if you haven't been on social media you wouldn't know the story but i got kicked off of twitter <laughs> oh, did you oh that's right no i did see that i did see yeah that. but i kind of had a few other accounts and i just repurposed one and kind of reused it and twitter's let me i've appealed that initial um removal numerous times they've never responded they've never given me an answer they'll always acknowledge it saying you know dear twitter user thank you for the additional information we'll add it to your case file and i'm like well can you tell me what i did wrong <laughs> um at this point it just doesn't matter but um I, i'm not using it as much i mean i've the thing about social media it's kind of a means to an end i'm definitely not somebody that is going to be out there on social every day saying, here's what I ate for lunch. Here's what I did. Here's yeah, what I'm feeling or thinking. Or I, It's kind of the opposite. I think that the thing I love about social media is your con you control the message. You got complete control. You divulge what you want to divulge. Some well, people that's absolutely, make yeah. the mistake of oversharing on social. <laughs> yeah. And I've just never really believed in doing that. I, you know, I was on social media before it was called social media. They were called bulletin boards and discussion boards where you'd go to these websites or log right in and have discussions and forums about all kinds of topics. And, you are a dinosaur, aren't you? Well, the thing is, is I've just learned the one thing that people have to remember every single time when they're on social media is that there's a person over there you're trying to get the message to. So always consider the fact that there's people behind what you're saying. So if, if you're going to get into a um, social media battle, that's the thing, right? Social media raises the temperature. There's discussion boards, there's groups that are political in nature, or they might be COVID related. And they just whip people into a frenzy and people say and do stupid shit because they think they're anonymous. They come out, especially on Twitter. Oh, some of the community forums I'm in are so bad. Like you just like, if you yeah. just, say left yeah. say right it's unbelievable and the well, just yeah, yeah so, we've, got, we've got the same thing 
So, so from a, from a social media perspective for what we do to me, it, it's a way to accentuate your brand, right? So when you come to a conference, you have a way of participating. I like live tweeting. I think live tweeting is fun. You know, find the hashtags, take some pictures, share them on social, share your friends stuff. And then when the conference is over, you almost have a keepsake of that time. I've gone back and looked at my, my Twitter wall after a conference and, and remember it because while it's happening, it's happening so fast, but I've got this permanent record. Yeah. Well, sort of permanent because I can actually go back <laughs> and still look at my Twitter uh, feed for that defunct account. No one else can. And but, any um, photo I've ever taken is, it isn't visible. Like it's become this dead, like I can find the wording and I can go back. It's just so, but I think so that's I think it's one reason why I've sort of you know pulled away from social media is because we we haven't had that um, that conferencing or yeah. any of that social interaction or whatever with um you know traveling and and what have you that mm -hmm. there's just and been I, no need. Yeah, and that's kind of the way. But you know how some people use social media as an extension of their brand, right? Elon Musk loves going out on Twitter being a troublemaker. <laughs> You know, that's his Yeah. And we have, you know, some people will do that. Um, I think of Matt Paff. <laughs> hey, kitty. I think of Matt Paff, right? You get him on social media and you get him wound up and he can, he can. Yeah, exactly. But I haven't, I haven't heard. That's haven't his heard brand, right? Matt and Schulte, I haven't heard them in a long time either. Even we though had Matt on, um, well, Andrew and I had this really um, interesting evening in San Jose one night with Richard Ropa and Matt Paff. And of course, the two of them are both super passionate, influential thought leaders, um, but they have different styles altogether. You know, they're, they're just so different in their approach. And they had a discussion and Andrew and I just sat and listened. It was like watching a tennis match now I'm going to date myself. I used to be a big tennis fan back in the 70s. And I was a B uh, Bjorn Borg fan. Classy, quiet, kind of thoughtful in the way he goes about things. And that kind of reminded me of Richard. He was very, he listens and he'll come back and he'll just hit you with a mean backhand or whatever. Whereas Matt kind of reminds me of Ely Nastasi. I don't know if you remember Ely Nastasi or John McEnroe. Super talented. Yeah fiery you know he'll tell you what's on his mind and i was like watching this amazing tennis match between two masters talk about apps and all these things and i, I remember i saw clayton the next day i said oh i'm so tired i was up to all hours of the night watching um a discussion between matt paff and and richard ropa and and, and the first thing clayton said was you know, I would have paid to see something like that. It was interesting. <laughs> I, Andrew, remember how how intense it got? Like, I was afraid to 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 say anything, but it was good. It was education. Yeah. It was, and it, then they they would have shook hands and said good night and carried well, on. Well, I'm not even sure they were going to do that. <laughs> you know that, that there seemed to be. You know, they were a bit. It was pretty heated, but it was professional. It got hostile, did it? <laughs> so, so um, we smoked a lot of cigarettes out there that night. Yeah, we were. It was another four AM or whatever. But we actually had them on back to back, 
we had, you know, Richard one week and Matt the next. So we've had Matt on the show and it was a lot of fun. He's, he's an interesting character. I've always found him fascinating. Um, I love the influence that, that you guys brought to the, I conference. think as I'm saying, I think the Australians it's, 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 are so forward thinking when it comes to what we're doing in this world. But it, it, everyone's quietened down here. That's what I'm saying. It, it's really, you know, I haven't heard much from any of those people and obviously, you know, not myself either. And, I just think we've all just buckled down and, and just had to really sort of inwardly um, focus and, you know, we're starting to pop our heads out again. Well, Slowly. you guys live in a big island, so, you know, there's <laughs> well, only one the, way for um, COVID to get in. and, and I think That's with the international travels. Like, yeah, they've, they've flopped. Um, they're, they're saying that they're not going to resume international travel to at least 2023 now i think really so people aren't going so, to be allowed to visit australia until well, 2023 unless they have a really good reason to <laughs> did you hear that i was going to say diane your voice your voice yeah. changed <laughs> That's for sure yep did you did you meet peter brad well, I saw Please. him in briefly when, when we were logging in, but no, okay. um, he's your, he's you your, um, I was going to say he's your lesser half, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's cleaned up. He's had a shower now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Come and say hi to, you know, Facebook live. Yeah, good come, come say hi to North America. Yeah. <laughs> My beard is almost as long as yours, Peter. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Andrew's... actually, turn turn your face around, um, Andrew, so I can see them the other way around. I want to see the multicolor. Oh, look at that! It's a, it's got a GT stripe. Do you actually yeah. paint that on? No, that's just old age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he well, he's, he's letting that that thing go. Um, but he's yeah. you're keeping it reasonably trim. It's just there's a lot of it there. My sister you, you, to cut, cut it off every time I see her. Well, but uh, never mind your sister. What does your wife think about it? My wife doesn't like beards. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> this is about as far as I as I'll go. Um, I've got scruffy at times, and well, she'll be she'll Peter, be quick Peter, to remind me that I'm looking a bit. Well, I think Peter was probably similar to you 12 months ago when we started uh, seeing each other, and so this is a COVID. Yeah. You know the whole the whole the whole thing here. You know with the you know the longer hair and everything. That's I COVID. Wish. I wish I could. <laughs> but no, that was uh, basically there was no hairdressers open. So now we're barbers. Barbers. I don't go to a hairdresser. Barbers, sorry. Oh, come on. Yeah. What's wrong with that hairdresser? Get some products. <laughs> actually, I've had the same person cut my hair for a long time since I was a teenager. And uh, you've got a decent head of hair too, haven't you? I've been fortunate. Pisses him off because he's he's very he thinned in his thirties, but and he tells me that he's as he's cutting my hair, he's like, it's not fair that you have so much. But <laughs> um, he he's had the lockdown for extended periods of time. Now he's kind of at that end of his career. He's ready to retire, anyways, but he wants to keep working because he's healthy and he enjoys it. But yeah, yeah. I don't. When when he does go back, I'm really lucky because I can text him and say give me an appointment right away but you know, we go you know three months without and i find pictures well, it's, it's and, okay for you dudes because i mean you know you could grow your hair you could grow your beard you can shave it on shave it off you know us girls we we had you know talking about gt stripes gray gray bits like this and um you can't just 
you know, you, you can't just go out and buy a packet. You've got to, you know, my hairdresser would have killed me. So there was a 30 <laughs> run there at one point where I, you know, picked up uh, some colour and Peter became a hairdresser and had to, you know, apply the colour the first time he's ever done that sort of thing. And She let me colour it, but she wouldn't let me near it with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm fortunate because at one point uh, I was thinking, oh, the gray hair. My wife says, I don't mind it. And I say, oh, good. <laughs> I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was probably the biggest um, you know, thing. I, I, yeah, not, not prepared to go gray just yet. So I had to, yeah. It's funny so anyway, how, how we've had to adapt. Like I, I've, I do find photos. It's like, oh, my God, look at how scruffy I was. In fact, this video I was doing for an app partner up here, um, they released it not too long ago and it was after three months of no haircut or whatever and I looked at it and I went oh my god I should have got a haircut before I shot this thing but I didn't have the option right so yeah, that's or right, exactly. cap or and it wasn't even like ponytail it was just kind of you know out <laughs> well yep what are you gonna do it's <laughs> it's the pandemic style styled by COVID you know that's right yeah. exactly yeah but I, I think, you know, the benefit of that too is, like, I don't think you would have um, persevered um, as well as you did, you know, going, you know what it's like when you grow your hair, it, it, you get to this stage where it's like, oh, shit, I just can't be bothered anymore, or it's scruffy or whatever, and you, you end up going and get it cut, you've got to get through that real pain point. And I think um, by being in a lockdown situation, that pain point, well, nobody else was going to see it except you or I. So. Yeah, I had to grow the big wave out, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. You, did, you had a, yeah, a wave, a kick, you know, kick wave and straightener. And... Yeah. Yeah, it just got through longer and it's got a week straightened out. So the funny thing is, is that, uh, you know, he takes a lot longer in the morning to get his hair ready than I do. Yeah. <laughs> I get out of bed. Andrew, are you buying products? Are you buying beard products? I, I have some wax that I use <laughs> and a brush. Wax? Yeah. Oh, and a okay. brush. No, I'm not asking you how you take the beard off. Never mind. <laughs> it's so nice <laughs> to be able to put products somewhere. That's why. I just. I, I... Uh -huh. <laughs> so you, you, you're going to keep, you're not going to, you know, go the, uh, the bald top? I've thought about it and just trying to get one of those razors. I just, I'm worried about having to keep up with shaving it every morning. Okay. Yeah. So what, what does it, the wax do on the beard? What is, what's, what's the purpose of that? Because otherwise it turns into like an Afro. <laughs> <laughs> just like, boing. Afro beard. Okay. There's all these little hairs everywhere. Okay. So, so you, you've actually got, so you've, you've got a full beard then on the sides and everything. It's shorter on the size that it's longer here, um, but it all of it will we're everywhere will just turn puffy and you'll it's it's a whole yeah, I, experience. I, don't, I, I don't get chicks who don't like beards. I mean they're all soft and cuddly, so how can you not like a beard? Yeah, I like a beard. It's like hair, right? Honey, yeah, if you're watching, like, listen yeah. to Diane. She speaks the truth. <laughs> So even, I, I, even your mum likes me. I know. So when when I introduced uh, Peter to my mum um, at Christmas this year, mum's mum's ninety three. She's in a nursing home. She's off with the fairies most of the time. But um, yeah, she has moments of um, of clarity. And um, anyway, she she introduced Peter, and, and she, she's looking at him, and she's like, "Look at that beard!" <laughs> and I'm I'm like, "Yes, mum, he's got a beard." And she goes. Oh, I've, I've never touched a beard. <laughs> and I'm 
like, would you like oh to God, touch this is, a beer? I said, this is my mother. I said, Peter, do you, do you think we could let mum touch your beard? <laughs> so he bends down to her in a, in a bed and she you know, gave it a bit of a stroke and she's like, oh. <laughs> and I said, is that the first time? She goes, oh, yes. All my men have always been naked before. <laughs> oh, man. Like, this is my mother. <laughs> How many men are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, at this wow. point, it's like, do I really want to hear this or not? I've opened I know, right? of worms. La, 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 la. Yeah, exactly. So, so Diane, you mentioned uh, you've got a new relationship with Carbon. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, so um, carbon, carbon are really expanding. Carbon with um, a K, for those of you who don't know, we're not talking about the other carbon. Practice Everyone's trying software. to get rid of and capture and all that. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I've been using it in rec management for, gosh, probably five years now. So at, with COVID, we could not, you know, he's a plug for carbon. We could not have survived a remote team without carbon. Um, and teams and, and all sorts yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, my, my team were all remote um, in, in last year and we're actually still half remote, so half half on, half off. But anyway, so Carbon um, put out the word um, a few months back now, I think via Intuit, and I was approached, or I was, it was just a blanket sort of you know, approach, and I put up my hand and said, well, I'm interested. And so I'm going to be a process expert and trainer of Carbon to implement um, or integrations for accounting firms. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. You, you're, really you're working for Carbon? Or are you contracting through your business or a little bit of both? Um, contracting. Oh, nice. Yeah, contracting through my business. Yeah. So um, met the um, met the service team yesterday on uh, on a Zoom call. And um, so there's um, guys in England, the US, um, now in Australia. So there's a mixture of employees and, and contractors. So I'm a, I'm a contractor here in Australia. And um, I'll eventually, after I'm, I'm, I'm now finalizing some training and and now starting to do shadowing on, on um, their whole processes and once I'm confident I'll be um, let loose well that sounds so like a really great opportunity I mean carbon's one of those companies that you know they've been around yeah. for a while they had they had another name before or they call themselves <laughs> right before they rebranded about five four years ago I don't remember them uh, no, I they had a different. They had a different name when we when when I first when Wayne was involved with them. I think um, first time I ever heard of them was through Wayne and Wayne. Yeah, they, exactly. they switched the name. That would have been six years or more ago, actually, because um I looked at it way back then because we were looking yeah. at um. Anyways, I guess up. it's not really. I thought you guys say, "Oh, that was so and so," but they, no, they no, did I, have I a different name for that. a little while. Then it, then they switched to carbon soon after and I, yeah. so it's probably back in 2015 2016 back then yeah, it would probably be but, yeah yeah probably 2015 so um but no it's um it, it's yeah i just think it's an opportunity like i think it was because of last year with with um covid and everything so many people have reassessed yes. um their lives and what they do and i mean i've, I've certainly and how um, they do it yeah, exactly. And I, I've undergone a heap of changes, you know, in, in um, work life, profession, you know, professional, personal, everything. So this is just um, my, my team are working um, well. You know, my, my whole aim in the last few years has been to, you know, pull myself more and more away from, um, from my day to day business and put myself so I, I it 
can run really well without me. And, and it's getting to that point. So I do, I do the, the higher end stuff. I'm on the, um, you know, the, um, the go-to if there's things that are critical that they can't resolve themselves. But otherwise, things are ticking along nicely without me. And this is an opportunity that allows me to do something that I want to do and enjoy. And so it's, it's yeah, it's about me now. So what excites you? What are you, what are you going to spend your time doing? Um, where? When? Well, it was, it was now that you have this free time in your business, and, and oh, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, here's a good, uh, good point. I met, um, I met uh, Peter's one of Peter's sisters uh, the other week, and and she asked, you know, do I work full time? And I said, you better ask Peter. And um, and Peter said, no, you don't work full time. <laughs> I'm like, well, I do the hours that I want to do, and I do it when I want to do it. So. Sometimes I don't work, you know, full days and other days I work more than full days. So I've got that flexibility. How do you work that out with your team? Hey, what's that? How do you work that out with your team? Make them do all um, the work. Well, they do the, yeah, they do the day-to-day -day bookkeeping stuff and I do the consultancy work, which fits in around when I want to do it. All right. Yeah. So, and, um, and I've got consultants on my team anyway, so they're, um, they always, you know, defer back to me um, if they need to. Otherwise, they've got autonomy to do what they need to as well. So um, there's there's times when we get new clients, and I've got no idea who they are. Wow! So you're you're that's so efficient. Do you do <laughs> weekly monitoring or anything? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm still there. Like where where we are now in, in my home, my office is next door. So there's two uh, two townhouses. So. During COVID, I walked from one front door to the other front door. Um, so I was actually working in the office still, even though we weren't technically supposed to. But my team were all working um, remotely and we kept in touch via Teams. Um, we actually had every Friday afternoon, we had beer o'clock or wine o'clock. So we kicked in on um, 4.30 on Teams. And um, the first time I sort of introduced that, I went around to our one of our local you know, booze shops and bought a big trolley full of their favorite bevs and, and you know did a taxi run around to each house you know illegally and <laughs> dropped that off to each of them and and um then we got online and we did that for about three months we'd get online at 4 30 until six or whatever and share a, a bit of a chat not necessarily work but um but a lot of just catching up because we 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 were so typically you know coming to the office and and um you know there's now eight in my team um and we haven't all really ever been in there together because the um, the team grew just um, before the end of last year. Um, and um, But because everyone was so used to working together in the office and having that chip chat, um, we all got quite lonely. And so once we introduced the, um, the end of week, one o'clock, um, and we were just able to have um, drinks and, and chats and um, and just catch up socially, which was awesome, and and it really it really made a big difference, I think. So that was that was a really good implementation. Um, and so we actually came out of out of it all at the end of last year as a team, I think, stronger than ever and nice. much more closer unit. So um, yeah, it, it, and and work wise, we we grew as well. Um, so we we came out of it really well. Yeah, because you have parallels, Andrew. I hear parallels with what yeah. you've been doing in your your team. You face the exact same issues as we did as accountants, a whole new set of rules to deal with and a whole bunch of new applications to make and lots of customers who needed help and some of them couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's an interesting one because um, we, um, I don't know if you heard, um, our government introduced a thing called JobKeeper. Um, it, was, it was a 
um, a fortnightly payment designed to retain employees. That's every two um, weeks for those of you who don't know. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Fortnite is something that people think is a video game or something. Oh, really? it, means, it means two weeks. I oh, learned that funny. from it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and um, anyway, so this, this JobKeeper <laughs> payment started in March um, 2020 and finished in um, March this year, so not that long ago. And um, that was one of the big things to to really try to um, uh, to get our head around and 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 um, what have you. But the um, that Andrew, when you say about you know some people couldn't afford it, prior to the implementation of JobKeeper, you know there was so much work that we were doing just keeping our clients informed and of what's what's going on and, and what sort of um, assistance was available. That when JobKeeper was introduced and the um, the we understood the requirements to um, register, implement, um, maintain, lodge that on a monthly basis maintain payroll accordingly, all of that sort of stuff. Um, I just went, there is no way in hell we're doing this without a fee. And um, we actually structured a, a pricing, a three-tiered pricing system, um, which to some degree was value-based or actually was all value-based. And um, we, we then put it out to our clients and um, we didn't get any rejections because people understood that, you know, we'd been working so hard in the prior couple of months to really keep everyone informed that they were happy for us to obviously you know maintain that support and understood that they needed to be paid for it and, and with the job keeper it's, it's a significant amount of money that was coming their way if it was done correctly and we were just taking a small portion of that so it wasn't something that um, people you know objected to some people went oh well you know I'm not going to do that we'll we'll do it ourselves and then came you know, knocking with cap in hand, um, saying, actually, do you mind doing it for us? Because we can't get it right. So it, it actually, you know, I think JobKeeper was a gift that kept on giving last year. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, Peter's, Peter's uh, business um, benefited from JobKeeper as well and um, as, a, as an employer. So by the way, Peter's a client of mine too. Uh, what, what do you do, Peter? Sorry. I'd... Um, we import woodworking machinery and distribute it throughout Australia. I used to do that in Canada. We, we, um, I worked for a company that uh, brought all their stuff out of Australia, or sorry, you're in Australia, from Italy. So we, we had the SEM line. Okay. What company is that? And, well, it was, our company was called Eurotech. We were the Western Canadian distributor for SEM. But I had a lot of ties with uh, the, the Italian head office, um, their finance team. And of course, before they put anything in a sea can, they had, we had to pay for it and make sure that was, yeah. So I did that for about oh, yeah, four you, years. You could talk shop for ages. Yeah. Well, yes and no. The sales guys would go on and on about edge banders and, and this and that. And this sander does this. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I like CNC though. CNC is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we... We um, probably our main product is edge banders. Um, we import mostly from China, a company called KDT in China. Mm -hmm. um, we sold a little bit of Chinese product as well because you know the year. Yeah, let's see if we make some have some products manufactured in China, but um, yeah, KDT is the biggest manufacturer of woodworking machinery in China now. So. We sell mostly edge banders. They make CNCs. The CNCs are going well here. Um, but KDT, I don't know. Do you know Masterwood in Italy? 
I remember the name. Yeah. Malcolm, I mean, it's Malcolm. been a while. It's been a while. All I all I rem- remember was their big things, and they were worth a lot of money. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we had it easy. taught me about cash management. Like no other job I've ever done in my life taught me more about cash management because we were small. Yeah, what was your role there? I was the controller. I was basically the CFO, um, controller, head of finance. My bo- my boss was also an accountant, but he he stayed hands off. So I, I basically ran the accounting team. I did HR, payroll, IT, a um, little bit of sales. I helped the sales team. I put in a CRM. So I was jack of all trades. That place. Um, and, and then you went out on your own after that, did you? Not right away. But that was kind of the beginning of the end. That job was really hard. I, I worked around the clock. But it, ta- it taught me skills that I have to this day. Um, the woodworking business was an interesting one. Um, people in that space tended to be very price sensitive and they're always looking for a deal. And they'd like to give us their used equipment that, hey, it's I just, it's, it works great. Nothing wrong with it. Crap. it yeah. So you bring it back to the shop and it's crap and they haven't maintained it. And it, it's, it's worth more in scrap metal than it was in resale. But, you know, that was it. But, you know, it's an interesting business. And, and, uh, um, I enjoyed it. I, I learned a lot about a lot of things that do shape me the way I am today. It's the way that I that I deal with my clients, and I, yeah. So it's actually it's, it's, it's interesting. We've, we've all got a bit of a, a you know a history in, in how we got to where we were. And I was talking to someone, um, uh, actually my sister, and um, my sister's an interesting person, and um, she's in um, into she's the she's a health um, professional, um, but. She um, has got two teenage daughters, and as you know, if you've got teenage children, they can be a bit of a handful at times. But um, this this particular daughter, Andrew, was, can you uh, speak to that? I've got a <laughs> teenage boy, and he's a handful enough. I've got. So a there you go. <laughs> but um, wonderful yeah, kid, was, but he's a teenager. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, her daughter was looking through some old photographs um, of my sister from the nineties. And there was stuff there that um, that my sister um, had that, that were photos of her in theatre and um, doing a, whatever whatever it was, but in a professional capacity. And, and her daughter's looking at going, "Is that you, Mum? What are you doing there?" And and there was this realization that you know, Mum was somebody before she was Mum. You were a person. And, yeah, exactly. And, and she'd never understood that before. It was, I think it was actually a really good moment for, um, you know, for them both because they've been at loggerheads for the last, you know, while. Um, but uh, isn't it funny when that uh, that happens? And my, my children are young adults and, um, and yeah, the, the daughters uh, <coughs> certainly recognise me as, as somebody other than mum these days. Well, I think when we're all living under the same roof, like that's the thing. My house is split up into three zones. My son has one zone. My wife takes another and I have another. And <laughs> we're pretty good about, about honoring. And it's not like we have this written law that says, oh, you're in my space. I'm in your space. We've just kind of gravitated to our spaces. And uh, we spend a lot more time, obviously, with each other. Um, I think my family understands me a bit more. <laughs> That's why I do the green screen, right? I have to have my own little, that is my office. I'm in the middle of a living room right now. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting. The family dynamic, it's just learning. And and that's, that's for lockdown then? Well, we've, our lockdown was a bit different. It was almost like voluntary. 
you know, I've, um, I've lost all this weight in the last year and a bit. And that's because I go outside every day and I take long walks, but I hear in some places around the world, you're not even allowed out. Like remember Europe at the early stage, I think it was Italy or France. If you were caught outside and didn't have your papers, you'd get arrested. You were well, well, we were only allowed what um half hour or something an hour an hour like, a day. What about outside? like and walk walk your dog and get some fresh air and things like that? That's it, right? Yeah, an, an, an hour a day, and and with with um two people only. How long was right. that? How how long was that in place for? Uh, over nearly five months. Gee, that's brutal. Yeah, that's but yeah. that's but that's why you're free now, and we're not. Yes, yes, that's right. True, true exactly. that. Now yeah. I've, so like, like, I, I social distance and, you know, and I go, but it's easy to social distance when you're out walking around because you see someone coming and if they're not really giving up the section of the sidewalk, then I just go across the street or go to the well, road that, or exactly, walk around them. Yeah. So, so we, we were supposed to, you know, we'd go for walks as well. And, and we're supposed to wear a mask when we did, but where, um, where we would walk. Well, the same thing, you know, we'd walk on one side of the um, the footpath, pavement, um, and then if somebody, we'd just cross the road or whatever. And, and it, you know, the fact that you were supposed to wear a mask out in the open when no one yeah. else was around just drove us. I don't even have a around. mask with me when I when I go out. Um, so that's why it's a bit different, right? It's more of the personal responsibility. And I think that's the problem is that we relied too heavily on people to do the right thing. Whereas I don't know about you guys, but um, well, we, we don't pandemic has taught me that people, there's a lot of really shitty people out there. Idiots, all yes. in it for themselves. It's all about me, how this is affecting me. They don't care about society and that, you know what, as a, humanity needs to get through this, we all need to get out of this. So, if one country's doing their part and others aren't, we're never going to get out of it because we're one world community. I, I know well, that's that what sounds... I was saying earlier. You know, Australia is going to be um, closing its borders for at least another twelve months, um, and and that's because yeah, we we put the hard work in. We don't want to bring the riffraff in. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. The funny, the funny thing was in Canada, we started out better than the U.S. because everyone remembers how it was under under the former president, but. Um, everyone looked at Canada as, oh, you guys are doing a great job. And we were like, stay away, Americans. And now it's kind of <laughs> like, damn, I wish I could go to the States and get a shot. Like New York City oh, has a promotion right now. an amazing turnaround job on that. Yeah. So they, they have this, this promotion in New York City. And I've been to New York. I love New York. I almost moved to New York. I interviewed with J.P. Morgan. I was ready to start a new life in New York at one point in my life. It's a cool city. It's apparently it's the number one tourist destination in America for Americans. I, I was like, wow, what about Hawaii? What about whatever? And the, apparently a lot of people visit New York. And of course, during the pandemic, that is completely reverse course. Now they're saying, come to New York. We'll give you a shot. The one shot Johnson and Johnson. And we're going to give you all these coupons and we're going to give you all a bunch of free stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you had me at vaccine, right? I know people who are living in Mexico who are flying into the States to be able to get their vaccine. You get, but this New York thing is, is they'll ask you for proof of citizenship residency right away. There's fortunately we can't, because I was going to New York. I mean, there's probably a cheap flight. I'll find some. 
you know, really cheap flight to New York, and I'll go get my my shot. How, how far is it from you guys to New York? You're it's close issues, isn't it? Well, Andrew could be there, what, hour and a half, maybe? I It would take me a couple right. of hours, but we have direct flights to New York from here. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because we can't get back. We have to it's exactly, quarantine. Yeah, you have to quarantine. Two uh, weeks in a government-designated expensive hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we, we, we've, we've got similar stuff because we've got the, what, how many states? We've got seven states or something. And um, each each of the states. You can't even remember that. They've got fifty in there. Well, we have a province there. next to us that won't let us cross the border right now. They're telling us um, to stay away, but, Albert. Yeah, but each of the states did their own thing um, in regards to lockdown. It wasn't an Australia-wide thing. It was absolutely state-based. And um, so we in Victoria, where we are, was the severest lockdown, and we were the pariahs because we had a, a massive um, escape of, of hotel quarantine um, into the into the nether you know countryside which is why we um, had such a severe lockdown because there were so many active cases um and it was all to do with hotel quarantine breaches um so all, all of the other states treated us as as absolute pariahs and then when we started you know getting better months and months later then it started getting into the other states and we were able to sit back and go you know well we're the worst in canada now apparently in our neighboring province of british columbia they want nothing to do with us right now which is kind of par for the course because uh bc is much more environmentally conscious they're um they're politically maybe a little more to the left and in alberta we're the oil place we're the the bad carbon emitting <laughs> province right we're the urban again <laughs> people people love to watch Alberta <laughs> fail so now it's kind of like it's just another reason for people to hate alberta and and now the british columbia is saying you're not allowed here stay away and well do you like okay so what what would happen in, in our situation is if we once now that the borders are open um and if we you know travel into state and then there's a, a breakout which happened over the Christmas New Year period. So we, we were traveling um, within Victoria, country Victoria, and we crossed the border into New South Wales, across the river. And um, there was um, a situation over just over the New Year period where there was active cases and they gave everybody literally six hours to get back into their own state. <laughs> to so it, it was... It, it was ridiculous. And if you didn't get in, so people were packing up their um, campsites and, um, and you know, traveling and getting up at, you know, two in the morning or what it was just, it was chaos. But um, if you didn't get across the border in time, then you had to do a two week um, quarantine. Huh. So you made it, sure you got was, back. Exactly. But there, there was people that couldn't. And so then they were, you know, it was actually really wow. quite bizarre, but that's, that's the situation we're in now is even if we, like Peter's got to go to um, through his business. He's got to travel in the state next week. Um, I've got to um, travel in the state the week after. And if something were to happen, we we actually it's, wow. it's panic stations because you can't get home. And um, you know the flights are all um, you know the flight prices skyrocket. Um, and um, and then you basically it's, it's it's like shit. What do we do? And yeah, so and two weeks in Adelaide's like six months in URL. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the joke, but I'll take your word for it. Well, oh, it's a bit of a sleepy, sleepy town. <laughs> wow, that that would be tough. Like, there's um, 
there's a conference in Texas in uh, October. Um, you know, Joe Wood, or you must have met Joe, Dan. You must yeah, have met yeah. He's having his uh, Scaling New Heights conference. And he yeah. had oh, one last great. year in person, and he's having it again this year. And um, amazing. well, this year I can see it because of the success they're having with vaccination down there. So I get it. And Andrew and I are like, we got to go, we got to go. And then we both came to the realization that if we wanted to go to Texas today, we couldn't. Well, we could, but we would have to be quarantined on the way back. We wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> I would. We really want to go to this conference. So Andrew and I both got our first shots. We'd take the second one today if we could, just so we could be immune, so we could go to a conference. Like, so how, how, how do you, um, what, what, sort of, <laughs> what sort of record do you have that you've actually, you know, had a shot? So like, I have I mean, a piece of paper. I have I have, a a lot of people don't. From, I have a printout from the Ontario, my provincial, your equivalent to state government. Yeah. Okay. So mine if you, was just handed if you, out. But if you get your second jab then, um, and you're supposedly fully immunized. Um, I, am, I am scheduled for my second job. They gave me a date for my second job the day I did it, which is July 16th. Oh gosh, that far. Okay. Yeah. But then, you know, does that then you get a sort of certificate or something? Does that allow you then to travel without having to um not yet. not yet, but I'm hoping. I'm fingers crossed that'll help. Uh, well, what they did in the US um yesterday with their mat dropping the mass mandate at a national level is say, look, just do the right thing. I don't think enforcement is really going to go over very well. There's a lot of people pushing back on this so-called vaccine passport. I think it's a great idea. I frankly think that once you're vaccinated, there should be a way that you can prove it. And I know from my perspective, when I organize, because I I organize networking events, I got monthly networking event, two of them that I do, and they've been canceled until further notice. But when I bring them back, I'm going to say, bring your proof of vaccination or you're not welcome. I don't yeah. care what, what noise people make or what they want to call me or how political they want to get. That's the way I'm going to do it. That is the advantage to being vaccinated is we get to get back to life with some normality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we earn, yeah. you earn that when you get the shot. So I, what they're basically saying in the U.S. is, you know, we're just going to go on goodwill. So but my wife and I had a funny discussion last night. We said anti-vaxxers are no longer going to look any different from people that are vaccinated because they're all going to be without masks. Well, we predict that the anti-vaxxers are going to be pissed off. They're being told they don't have to wear masks, you know, just because. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it, it, who knows? Um, uh, vaccinations um, is definitely happening here. And, and, you know, they prefer that um, everybody gets it. However, because we really don't have any active cases in the country, um, yeah, the, yeah, well, the, the actual, um, I suppose, the health workers are getting at the um, the elderly, those, those sort of people. But um, our view is we'll, we'll get it when we need to. Um, we'll get it when we have to because we want to travel. We, you know, we don't, we don't. Yeah, because we want to go to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, there's no urgency because we we don't have anything here. Well, I think the collective international, or sorry, the national, because it seems to me that for the most part, Australians are sticking together on this. And I think that's great. I, I mm. really, 
I thought we had our shit together here in Canada and I'm sadly um, disillusioned by it. Andrew, are you seeing that? Like we're in different parts of the country. It's embarrassing um, to be a Canadian yeah. for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Wow. It, and we've well, always we, we, we said, prided ourselves in doing the right thing. Yeah, no, we, 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 I think Australians are the same camp as you guys. There's, you know, the, the pros and cons, the dissenters and the um, advocates and um, the conspiracy theorists. And, and, oh, um, yeah, they're the worst. Yeah, the complicit, um, you know, the one, you know, because we happen to uh, toe the line, then, you know, we're called sheeple and, and you know, it's it, it, same stuff. Here well, I've got well. Uh, a 5G chip in, inserted into me. Andrew, how's yours doing? Sometimes it creates interference <laughs> with my phone because I've only I don't have a 4G phone yet. Is so that why my mic breaks out all the time? Is that what it's from? Exactly. It's I because it was like they put that 5G down. thing into us, and they're now monitoring our every move, right? Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. so sad that in this day and age, and people still believe that bunk. But you know, it, it is, and we yeah, we got people here saying, "How dare you!" It's 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 sad. It really is. They're they're it, basically I mean, saying you can't been, tell us been, what to do. It's a hoax. We've been monitored for years anyway. So what's different? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's half the thing, right? That's we right. live in these free countries that aren't so free after all, right? Yeah. The government and, no, and social true. media knows everything. Like, really, why live in fear? Right? Why not just let it happen and. Well, I mean, what's the worst can happen? You can get kicked out of Twitter. <laughs> We're picking on a sitting U.S. president, apparently. <laughs> Who would have thought you're not allowed to tell the president what you really think? No, right. it'd probably be worse if you actually got kicked off Facebook, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did you I've did never you been to Facebook jail. Pardon me? You don't remember what you did to get kicked off Twitter. well it was a prolonged campaign andrew knows um what i would do is i learned that if you get in really early when trump would post something and respond within the first say 20 seconds your post would get super magnified and i think that's what, what why twitter was upset with me is because i figured out how to get hits and i showed it to andrew i'd show him yeah. screenshots if I get in at the right point, that post I would make would get tens of thousands of hits within minutes. It would get it would go viral essentially in a in a Twitter perspective. But so what? What what are you posting that gets all the attention? I was using um, uh, political cartoons that basically very very little wording. I just had a a. A, a library of images based on the issue of the day. So when he would post, I would respond with a meme or a, you know, <laughs> and I, I had a whole library. I still got these things around and they were funny. I, I got new followers and, and, and everything. And I would look at the stats and it was like a, an experiment, but I, I, I guess the bridge too far <laughs> was when, yeah, um, funny. um, don't, uh, the, the, a lot of people don't like mentioning his name. I will. I don't care. Donald Trump's uh, niece wrote a book, and it's all about how how uh, Donald Trump was growing up, and it's not very flattering. So, this meme showed up where it was a picture of 
Donald Trump. And I don't know if you knew the scene where he held up a Bible in a photo opportunity to make himself look as well, yeah. appealing to the evangelical groups. So he did that. Well, somebody took that image and got rid of the Bible and replaced it with Mary Trump's book. So it was a very, it was a source of stress for, for the president at the time because a lot of shit was coming out and, you know, it, it was pissing them off. So I would respond with, buy Mary Trump's book with a link to the Amazon link and, and this meme, and I would keep doing it. So I was effectively spamming all the Trump, not just that, but it was, I think it was their campaign because so that's so when I seemed to get suspended. They went too far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Twitter, I think, just said, dude, you're just, I, I think when it comes down to it, they're saying you were trolling just as bad as anyone. And they yeah. they never told me, but I, I kind of said, look, I, I would, I got in, I got in too far and I'll, and I promise you, I won't do it again. And I meant yeah. it because my Twitter account was something I had for several years and had thousands <laughs> of followers. Not that I really care about that part, but it takes a while to build that up. Plus there's all the people that I was following. But who cares? Cause no one's using it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exactly. what it comes down to. So right. there, there's gotta be a reason for it. But if you look at my, new Twitter profile, I linked to my old Twitter profile. And then when you click on the link to the old one, it says the user has been suspended yeah. for violating Twitter's <laughs> rules. Yeah. So, hey, um, on, um, on um, social media stuff, but just a bit of a, a switch, going back to COVID, did, obviously Zoom was you know, a big hit um, in keeping in touch with clients and things. But um, what channels have you guys used to keep in touch with um, family, friends, um, have you set up regular sort of chat channels and, and appointments to you know, maintain contact, that sort of stuff? What have you guys been doing? So, Andrew has been. I, yeah, there's been lots of different apps that we've tried along the way. FaceTime is a good go-to, um, just lots of group chats and group messages and various different platforms. We tried different ones. We never really did any of those ones where you did games and stuff, but we had lots of late nights hanging out with my brothers and sisters us in our own basement streaking together alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because we, um, and, and we use House Party and House Party. House Party was what we That's what you were using, Andrew. I kept trying to, I wanted to say Clubhouse, but I knew that's not the yeah. right one. It was busy a little bit, but I stopped using it. Well, we, we used it. We, Peter and I still use it um, because we don't see each other during the week. But, um, but we, we set up, um, you know, in a, a girly group um, every Wednesday, literally. That's um, what my wife does. Room. She has an LNO. She calls it Ladies Night Out. Yeah, well, ours was uh, Sisterhood. And Peter's got his tennis group. So we'd have, you know, he'd be on a men's group. I'd be on a good um, a chick's group. And right. then at, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock when um, we all finished, we'd all mingle together. And, you know, so Wednesday nights during lockdown ended up being a booze night. It was awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But um, it was, again, it, you know, that, that sort of, because we did it on a regular night every Wednesday, and it's now Thursday, but um, been moved to a Thursday, but because it was every Wednesday, we knew that um, it was going to happen at 8, 8.30 at night or whatever, and whoever was available could um, to log in and, and just catch up and, and have a social chat and a, and a social drink and um, just, you know, get through hump day. And um, I, well, now lockdown's over and every night's fucking booze night. <laughs> <laughs> but um well, but no, just, if um, you remember the movie groundhog day 
Well, that's what yeah. it feels like, right? It's like the same, what day is it? Yeah. It's like yeah. the same thing every day. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm definitely looking to looking forward to hanging around with you, Peter, some more and having a beer tonight. Um, but believe it or not, and, and Clayton, yeah. Clayton, uh, Clayton Oates is out there. I just saw he said he said uh, good day, die. Well, hopefully you can stop by. Yeah. We'll put the link in the in the um in the comments right now. And yeah. um yeah, Diane, you know, it's so great to see you. We totally Thanks. miss our friends from all over the world. Um, I was just talking with Tom from Into It today about how much I value all the friendships I've made around the world, you know, because yeah. of San well, that, Jose and all that. And if you recall, Diane, you were the very first person I ever met because I, know. I didn't understand how how the, how the, the ride sharing worked. And I showed up and I had called myself a Lyft and I was going to Uber into San Jose. And someone says, no, 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 you come with us. And then they, I, I crashed your, your, uh, your ride. You did, with, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're that, the very, very first back a while. Yeah, that I was think in 2015 that, for, for Andrew and that I. Was, that was our first shared, year. Yeah, we shared a limo ride and then we've shared many and um experiences. <laughs> Front row. <laughs> but yeah, it's it wasn't the same without you in 2019, both you and Lilette. We did see Clayton because he was speaking. So that was uh, that was the he was our bonus Aussie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's nice to go back so many years with you and to have been able to meet. Uh, and I'm thankful for that time we had it into it where we got to meet so many of, of you from around the world. Exactly. And, uh, I hope well, that those days are not over. They might just be paused. I'm hoping they'll be paused. And it'll be interesting to be able to see you again, maybe in another five years. <laughs> maybe sooner. Hopefully, hopefully sooner. sooner. Hopefully sooner. We just have to travel. We just have to take holidays and, and go, you know, globe trotting. Yeah. Uh, but until then, for those of you who are watching live on Facebook late, Facebook Live. We'll see you next week. And well, actually, we won't. Next oh. week is is a is a long weekend in L in Canada. We call it the May long weekend. Oh, that's right. Yes. And Andrew <laughs> I and I that. haven't taken a week off for a while, so we've decided we're going to take a week off. And uh, the following week, we're gonna we're gonna speak with Stephen Ooster. And you say, well, who the heck is that? He's the founder of a, an app up here called Fun Through, and they've really ramped up their involvement with Intuit. Um, they're featured all over the QuickBooks world right now. Um, I, I've done a few videos with them. They sound really cool. And uh, well, they are cool, but Steven's a great guy. He sounds like a really nice guy. And we're going to hear his story in two weeks. See you in two so, weeks, guys. Bye for